Hi there, you're listening to the Bad Dog Book Club podcast. This is episode one, season one. I'm Skip Ruddersale. Why not just the first one? This I'm Toonses, though, by the way. Just, I'm Toonses. Yeah. Why not just call it the first one? Because, you know, it sounds more prestigious. That's, That's how you want to handle it. So this is episode one. All right. The first episode. Today we are discussing, uh, this is by the way an adult episode, let me start over again. I'm sure you're so relieved. Um, this, is, uh, this is our first episode, it's an adult episode for those of you who are maybe younger or more sensitive viewers, you should stop now. Um, everybody left. This is Sanguine and Clockwork by Kam Hirosaki. It was first published in 2005 and appeared in Fang Volume 3, which is Bad Dog Books' uh, anthology of erotic literature. So is that erotica or porn? Well, we can get to that. Um, <laughs> so, sure but will. anyway, we were... Kayan was kind enough to let us use this as our inaugural ep- discussion. and Thank so, you very much for that, by the way. I yes. really appreciate it. Yes, Great absolutely. story, too. Yeah. Loved it. So uh, now, I guess uh, we wanted kind of why uh, we picked this one. Um, Alex, who's the founder of Bad Dog Books, largely picked this one. We wanted to start off with a story that we knew was good, solid, uh, and from a great writer. So that's kind of why we picked this one. Um, but I think it leads us to a lot of interesting discussions uh, as to this story as opposed to maybe some of the other ones we will be talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from here on out, we hope to be getting uh, some stories from you all. I mean, mm-hmm, um, absolutely. at baddogbooks.com. That is my email address, right? I mean, I'm not yes. getting this wrong. Yes. Good. Okay. And uh, I am Skip at BadDogBooks.com. If you are interested in having your story read, or if you're interested in being a reader for us, uh, or helping out the podcast in any way, please drop either of us an email, and uh, we'll be happy to consider it, and hopefully we can get your story on the air. Yeah, and hey, maybe one day you'll be as good as Kay and Hirosaki, okay. too. Well, let's get to it. All right. So, uh, where did you want to start us off, Tunes? You had a bunch of notes here, I see. Oh, uh, well, you know, I said, the thing about erotica mm-hmm. and porn, mm-hmm. this is the kind of story that I know a lot of people look at, and they they come to me and they'd say, Tunes, you have to understand, something like this, this is erotica. It's not porn. Mm-hmm. You couldn't jerk off to this. It's just much more sensual than that. Like, oh my God, I say, oh, geez, get stuffed, is uh-huh. what I would say. Okay. Because it, it's just an adult themed work and that's something you have to accept on its own it doesn't matter if it's erotica or porn it's just an adult themed work so it doesn't matter to things but you do see a distinction i mean how would you characterize the distinction between erotic and porn if you do see one it's it would be a there isn't one i don't think it's just an mm-hmm. adult themed work and whether you would uh, people always say that erotic is something that's much more sensual and something that's uh porn it's just more for jerking off it's more of a physical release but i mean who's to say who's going to have which kind of reaction to which kind of material. Something like this for me, people would say that it's a bit more abstract or uh, tame to be, to be uh, something you could actually physically use in a physical sense, just kind of beat around the bush there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I know. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I will. I thought you were gay. No. Well, gays can have bushes too. Just only on the top. Anyway, but it's just, 
people can have that kind of reaction to it, even if it's a bit more understated. So it's just an adult-themed work. Mm-hmm. Something I wanted to clear the air there about. That's okay. all. So you 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 figure the the difference is academic, but you did say yeah, you couldn't academic. part of this, so that doesn't imply well, I couldn't part of the dirty stuff difference. either. I mean, that's what you said. You couldn't part. Oh, you couldn't part of the dirty stuff either. No, no. really, it's all the same to me. Okay, mm-hmm. it's academically. I like the word academic. Okay, because we're going to be discussing this in the class I'll be teaching at GW oh. in ten years. This book, okay. yeah, uh, this, this is good. Excellent. There you go, Cam. <laughs> you're, you're you're a topic of discussion in, in school. Uh, well, let's maybe let's get to the story. You know which yeah, character I wanted to discuss? Mm-hmm. They're essentially well, we got we got just a few characters, which I think is mm-hmm. is something interesting here. That you know, most stories, even short stories, have quite a few characters going on, and we think there are um, four characters that are identified basically here. Only three of whom have speaking parts. Only mm-hmm. two of them who have substantial speaking parts, and not very substantial in either of those cases. And the one who was described as an automaton. Yes, and those are those are uh, um, Vico, Ren, right? Vico, Vico who the androgynous homunculus, which homunculus. is a great word. Yes, that is that is a construct, um, a, a simulacrum of a person, if you mm-hmm. will. And that comes from old stories. Uh, then we have Rentel, who is our noble young fox lord. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Florian, who is our main protagonist, I think. But we can talk about that, too. And then we do have a, a wolf barwench, who... I don't even know if her name's identified, but she's a wolf barwench, yes. And she has a minor speaking part. But other than that, we have other people in the background. We have people referenced. Mm-hmm. But nobody else has a speaking role if we were doing a play and what i like about this this group of characters what i find interesting mm-hmm. is that of the four it is the automaton who actually is a dynamic character mm-hmm. florian doesn't change from the beginning of the story to the end he's still uh, kind of a coward kind of self-centered Brentel doesn't change he's still kind of a younger playboy who's just kind of growing into his somewhat humble role as a Nobleman and the wolf wench probably still works at the barn, probably still charges 15 pound for LA. I don't know. <laughs> but Vika, by the end, the one who is completely controlled by magic, is revealed to actually have a hint of consciousness to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And actually expresses this in the in the kind of the climactic moment when he essentially foils the rape right. of, of, of Rentel. Right. Yeah, he, it, it climaxes, you guys remember, um, whether you read it or listened to it, read by the lovely well, I hope Alex Vance. What, are you going to yell at me for, like, spoiling, spoiling it? It's the no. <laughs> no, we expect oh. you to have read it. Uh, but, yeah, see, at oh, the look. climax, he, you know, knocks mm-hmm. uh, Florian, breaks the magic spill he was casting. He's mm-hmm. knocked over mm-hmm. and, and prevents, as you said, well, was becoming a rape. Um but, you know, it, it's Fico who we are told, you know, is this homunculus, he's powered by a clockwork hark, he's been constructed of magic and who knows what else, and he's he's a servant, and he does everything up until this point that Florian tells him to do. That's what he's been built for. Mm-hmm. And here he's a servant, this, he's a slave, essentially. Right, right. But not even, I mean, I mean it, it's presented as he isn't even that, he's a machine. Mm-hmm. You know, a servant or a slave still conjures the expectation that there's a person there. Does, and that does, they have their own desires. 
but how it's presented in Florian's language, at least, is that that's not the case. He's a he's a robot. I think mm-hmm. in our modern parlance, you know, he's just a machine. Does it even require upkeep? You know, and I believe it mentions the upkeep of the clothing. Right. It doesn't even mention the upkeep of the body. Right. Yeah. It, absolutely. Um, even that is almost less like a machine than that because you at least have to. Hmm. Yeah. So, I, but you know, as. I think we were talking a while ago and you said, you know, when, when he first struck uh, Florian, you were surprised and wondering where did this come from? And I said, I think we can see little signs through the story, very cleverly done, that really? there is some thinking going on there or something going on. I don't know if That's I even want to call it thinking, but there is some uh, self-awareness and agency going on. I think probably the clearest probably the clearest example of that would be um, there's there's that scene midway through where Florian is deciding to make Vico kind of be his you know stand in oh, for Intel um, and is about you know has Vico start to give him a blowjob and then decides it's too awkward he mm. can't it's do too it. cold it's mm. too cold. And so he stops him. But then he says, you know, climb into bed mm-hmm. and then go to sleep. Yes, and he follows so the he orders immediately, doesn't he? Right, he does. He climbs into bed, you know, mm-hmm. without any expression or talking, of course. Yeah. Climbs into bed um, and, and does these orders. And this is, of course, immediately why he stopped. I'm sorry to point that out. Why Vico or why Florian stopped all this was when he looked into Vico's eyes and saw just blankness, no blankness. emotion, decided the he couldn't do it. same blankness he saw in Rentel right. when he controlled him. So he stops it, tells Vico to get into bed. Vico climbs into bed and then turns on his side, turns his back to really? Florian. Is that so? Hold and goes check to that. sleep. So That would be that's interesting. Right. So it's, oh, he does. And it's filling in a gap. Like, why? I think it's significant. And you can say, why does Vico turn on his side? Why does he turn his back to Florian? Because there's no instruction to do so. He has the to fill in the gap somewhere. Exactly. And so there's this there's this agency arising in these spaces, you know, in how the instructions are carried out. Mm-hmm. Um, which Vico over time seems to be filling in and becoming more and more, I guess, alive. Yes. Which, you know, like the kind of the coda or whatever you will call it, the afterward um, <laughs> kind of kind of fills in too. But it, it sees gaps and it, it does make me, you know, wonder, um, you know, and this is a challenge. Anybody who's ever done any computer programming or, you know, anybody, you know, you read working on robotics is saying, you know, it's one thing to tell a robot, you know, to say, clean up this mess. But how does it clean? It has to decide what's the best way to clean up yes. this mess and all these things. And so it starts. So Vika starts filling these gaps himself mm-hmm. and, and starts doing things. And maybe that's right. where he starts coming to life. It's it, it, in the in these missing places between the instructions. And I hadn't quite picked up on that. That's a very good point. Thank you for bringing that up. But I did develop through the story this kind of a sense of um, not quite a consciousness in Vico, but uh, he was definitely the most intriguing character. And you identify with him as much as you do with anybody. And there's certainly this developing sense of a personality there, if only because you identify with him, because you start to see maybe yourself in him just through that. It's interesting. And so when when he... uh, 
does strike back like that, it is kind of this climactic moment where he does seem to be kind of a, a, approaching this right. something like consciousness, mm-hmm. like they say in the uh, the end frame. I do like the frame, by the way, for this with the. Uh, what was it called? Like the history of spellcraft yeah. or something like that? Which I've got to say just is a little pet peeve of mine when in fantasy books when people do extract from the journals or oh, excerpt on. from the history of blah, blah, blah. It was fun. It was okay in this case. Um, but it is, a, it is a little pet peeve of mine because it seems to be way well, it's handled. It's handled respectfully. It is. It is. So I'll, I'll let you go on that one, Cam. Um, what I liked in this story specifically just because it it kind of plays into my politics but the issue is a class Mm -hmm. and the fact that uh rentel and florian are at least they're not quite in the same class but they're very close and together are more or less in the upper class to use kind of modern terms to apply to a different system forgive me for abridging things here and then you have also the uh the wolf wench girl and finally what's important is the fact that what i think hurts Florian so much is that Rentel, when he finally did indulge in this thing that Florian thought was impossible, it was with a commoner. Right. Which he mentioned several times. Yes. You know, it was, how dare he be with a commoner? And then it was, even if he was just, you know, getting his rocks off in modern <laughs> parlance, it would, he couldn't believe it was with a commoner. So even, I thought that was interesting. So even just sex for sex sake... And it kind of makes you with a commoner in his mind was not acceptable. And it certainly alienates the reader from Florian in a mm-hmm. good way because it ends up getting the reader to associate with Vika, who is obviously of a lower class. I mean, pretty much the lowest class yes. you can be in. Absolutely. So when, so I guess Florian is angry at Rentel because he went with a commoner, but Florian just a, a moment ago was with. Mm-hmm. Someone who was even far below that. Mm-hmm. It's a certain hypocrisy, mm-hmm. and it makes you—you you don't really feel bad in the end when he's mm-hmm. getting his, his punishment. Right. It does feel just, and it does feel—it's even humane. Like I can't even complain. It's not the death penalty. It's a yeah. humane. Even it's—they call it as a, a, ble- a blissful ignorance. Is that what they called it? Well, it said it was a blessing that he wouldn't remember the life he'd had mm-hmm. or who he was. It was a almost a kindness. I and think at was the, the same time, Vico could not die. Mm-hmm. And having this consciousness but that we were into, we always because remember. We never it. find out what happens to Vico, do we? But it does say in the excerpt that there except is... the last thing we see of him is Florian telling him to stop to look away, and Vico does not comply. So there's an additional hmm. act of defiance there. Yes. So this is that not only has Vico acted of his own free will to hit him, then he receives a direct order and chooses not to obey it. Yeah. But in the, the closing excerpt, it says that there's a, an impression now among the experts at the mm-hmm. time that homunculi could go on living forever with this consciousness of being like a... Unless like a they're ended object. by a wizard. Unless they're ended yes, by a yes. wizard. Which, so it's there's kind of this disparity here between Florian, whose life is now like kind of ended and mm-hmm. will in fact almost never have existed considering he'll completely have forgotten it. Right. But Vico's will continue on forever. Right. It's a tremendous disparity. Or it was ended by somebody else. We don't know. Maybe hopefully, you know, it's weird because right, it 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 could be ended or something, but right at the moment, it's kind of beginning. It's true, and and this maybe is a beginning for Vico of something. Um, At the same time, it's an ending for Florian, so it's it's an interesting moment. Um, 
Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the characters some more. We decided, you know, we, I think it's kind of interesting to wonder, you know, who is this story about? Um, because there are a couple of pairs. You know, is it about Florian and Rintel on one hand? Um, and, and in this, which cases, it's a story about, you know, unrequited love. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a very straightforward story. If you give it only a service reading, you might not quite appreciate the nuances in it for that reason. Because mm-hmm. as you say, it's the story is essentially about Florian and Rentel, but it kind of tells a story of these two people to uh, hint into a consciousness about a third character, kind mm-hmm. of a bit character. And now this is a uh, Kurt Vonnegut quote I've always been fond of. It says something like, uh, people tend to treat other people like garbage because that's how writers tend to treat bit players in their books uh-huh. to have butchered the quote. I'm sure I've just per- paraphrased it. Oh, that's right. And I felt as if Vico actually got a very, uh, kind treatment mm-hmm. for having been more or less a bit character. Wench wolf girl, maybe a different story. Who knows? We barely care <laughs> about her, but Vico's, I mean, it's, just one of so the way it, they developed this is character. Is it Vico and Florian's story then, or is it Vico's story? Or is it's, it Florian's story? That's, those are the other possibilities, I think. I think the, the way, the fact is Vico can't tell his own story. Mm-hmm. So the story has to be essentially ah, about Florian and Rentel. Like it can't that. be about Vico, mm-hmm. or else it would just be, you know, him sitting in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the house waiting for a... Florian to come home and then him being completely disconnected from what Florian does once he leaves the house. Mm-hmm. There'd be no way of telling the story, essentially. The story has to be about Florian and Rentel so that Vico's going to have uh, his consciousness delved into. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think it's it, it's so much... I think partially the, one of the things that goes on is the story is written in such a way that it really reflects... Um, Florian's worldview, you know, our, that, that great old German word, Weltanschauung. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. Did you just Which break out German on me? Oh, it's a great word. It, it starts just... with a W because it's German, even though you say V. But Weltanschauung, worldview. Are you going to define a uh, worldview? Yes, it's how he sees the world, how, how the world functions um, in his eyes, in his mind, like how, how he feels things work together. And I think, you know, really his worldview is that he is incredibly self-absorbed. Yeah. Um, everything really is about is. him. And maybe that's why he's so surprised by Vico's actions and regards him as an automaton. Maybe there are all kinds of signs, you know, that have been going on that he just doesn't see because it doesn't occur to him mm-hmm. this could because he i really don't think he looks at other people he's a, um, he's a star he player at, his own little game yeah he looks at rintel basically as something that he can have something to be desired and conquered mm-hmm. and vico something that he can use and okay. you know everybody else he doesn't want to associate with it i mean every time he goes out in town he's, he's actually offended he's offended when when the the wolf wench girl yeah. comes to talk to him well and they mention every time he goes out in town he you know he's too busy to be bothered he knows that nobody will bother he's too him. busy to be bothered with the festival that rentel like threw. like what yeah. a way to impress a guy like trying to pick somebody up i don't know maybe go to that festival they threw. Well, might show you're interested in them you know blow he, them off and hit on them at the bar it's so funny because he comments too that how much the people love Rentel and admire him Mm -hmm. and then he's offended that Rentel would have sex with a commoner he doesn't make the connection he I mean it is completely beyond him 
Yeah. To make the connection that they the people love the Rintel because he treats them as people. You know, it's he true. treats them like anybody else. Well, ultimately, Florian doesn't like Rantel for Rantel. He likes Rantel for him being uh, desirable, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing real intimate or personal there. Right. Just right. like the, the sexes, there's nothing intimate or personal in, in, in the, the sex mm-hmm. when it occurs. Right. Uh, let's see. So uh, normally at this point, we'd have some uh, questions in from readers. We do encourage you to submit questions the twitter is bad dog book club try not to forget it because it's the name of the show yes bad dog book club or you can email us again and and once again it's um, skip at bad dog books or tunes at bad dog books.com and you know feel free to email us with any questions we will read them for you we'll try to figure them out and discuss them uh, if you have any insights you want to add to the discussion, that's great, too. And we've got something to riff on there. And I'm always happy just to chat. I'm a lonely person sometimes. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm just looking for anybody in this world to connect with and, you know, say hi to. And, you know, if, hey, the writers out there, I don't mind, you know, chatting about writing either. I mean, actually, one of the so. things I, I wanted to talk about some, mm-hmm. like, on the, the more writer points in this story. Because when I'm reading these stories, I always want to think, like... I always want to think, like, how would I have written this? Which is a really, like, a, like a conceited and rude thing for a writer mm-hmm. to do, but I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm an awful person. Uh-huh. And I don't know. It's one of the things that stuck out to me to rant. Again, I said I love the story. I love the characters. I love everything about it. But sometimes just things like word usage and uh, the construction of imagery, uh, uh-huh. of images, uh, confuses me sometimes. Uh, the word automaton. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I, I didn't like it because I think of it as being kind of an explicitly kind of uh, – Science, more science fiction technical hmm. word and this is not mm-hmm. a technical thing this is actually uh, going back in the past like before right. any kind of industrial revolution I just feel like it's drawing from the wrong dictionary so it's a that's wrong a, word choice that yeah. where homunculus would be okay because that's a more, more archaic word yeah. I don't want to pretend any kind of knowledge I don't have though mm-hmm. what, what, where would homunculus come from like uh, homunculus, I guess, uh, the kind of concept apparently dates back to the 3rd century AD. I, hope I did a little looking. The word itself, um, it, it's obviously based on Latin, or homo, uh, man. <laughs> yep. Oh, shut up. <laughs> and, I'm based uh, on homos. I know that much, too. Yes, yes. Centered here, all here. Them. Um, and it actually, first usage that we know about is in the 1650s in England. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I think it's it's close enough that it doesn't, at least to me, it didn't feel out of character. Whereas you could see automaton. 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 Is more, you know, it seems like more modern or at least like kind of steampunk or metropolis. Like yeah. I wouldn't see it until the 20th century, I feel like, or the like end, of the, end of the 19th. Yeah. So I can see how that's a little bit of a disconnect. I know the the Those other are minor thing, points though. But I mean, hey, I mean, if you want to discuss these things with us, just come to our, our Twitter, mm-hmm. Bad Dog Book Club. Chat with us, email us. I mean, we can put your story on the show. We'll be reading uh, comments from people. Uh, for if, if you want to discuss the story, we can. We'd love to have your input. Uh, be involved, please. It's all we're saying. Now, one other thing I wanted to bring up because I know this about you, and it's it's a oh, little dear. disagreement we have sometimes. But you're not normally the biggest fantasy reader Uh, right no you're right i'm not it's just too organized and structured and i think sometimes there is 
too much focus in fantasy on these fantastic ideas and these complex con- constructs that just come together and weave together in these intricate ways. And But there's a, a real lack of you know, physical body to it. There's like no uh, imagery in it. There's no way to connect to it. It's just so far removed from anything. And I used to have the same disconnect with uh, science fiction, although I'm starting to get a little bit more into that, especially with uh, Kurt Vonnegut was always one of my favorite science fiction writers because he kept the disconnect kind of close enough that there was not so far removed from the current reality that you could find something in it to relate to. Now, I also like this story because, you know, there's got the, the, the issues of class. I mean, the, that's good. I mean, that, that keeps you interested. But in many fantasy stories, it's like they're constructing an entire new world. Okay, I, if this guy's listening, you're a great guy. You're a nice guy. Every once in a while, I get, a, I get an IM from this fella who says, hey, do you have a minute? A minute? Sure, I guess I have a minute. I want to give you some ideas about this new fantasy story I've been thinking about. Okay, sure, cool. Talks for an hour. And so then, but then the Oroculi are the sister tribe of the Bunculus. And the Bunculus, they're over, or these over been warring. And they, at, you know, when they're young, turn eight, they have to, you know, induct them into the knighthood. And so, but, know, they, they talks for an hour. But there's no real sense of like, how are you going to realize this? Like mm-hmm. what? Um, I think that's a mistake that a lot of um, weaker fantasy writers and, and maybe an extent sci-fi writers make is they get too caught up in the world building in, mm-hmm. in these fantastical things. And uh, Garth Nix, who's one of my favorite fantasy writers, was talking about the fact that he has notebooks and notebooks full of notes on the world of his old kingdom series and he said most of which you will never see most of which i will never use maybe i needed to think about it for a moment to explain something in a story but i don't need to write it out you know i don't need to i don't need to fill it out it's something that i need to know how it works in my head but you don't need to know that for the sake of the story. And I like think maybe that's a too. mark. Right. But right. Or you fill in the gaps in an interesting way, too. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a mark of, of a better sci-fi or fantasy writer, that they aren't telling you um, everything that they know about the world. Well, They're you telling you what you need to know. That's the mark of a better sci-fi fantasy writer. And doesn't don't doesn't sci-fi and doesn't uh, fantasy suffer from the same thing that Fairy suffers from, which is a lack of good writers. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest no. here. I mean, th- there might only be X number of good writers in the world, and sci-fi fantasy just doesn't ap- uh, appeal to that many. I think the same thing is unfortunately true for furries. I don't know. I'm going to disagree with you there. I think that's more of a perception. Oh no, I'm sure you can name a million, a million than the fantasy writers you like, but <laughs> think in the popular culture. In the popular, well, yeah, culture, but that's the perception. I'm saying that's not the perception. That's what's popular. That's not to say that fantasy writing can't be good. I mean, Lord of the Rings is classic literature. It doesn't matter. You can put it up against Which you anything haven't else. read. Oh, of course I haven't read because it's fantasy. That's what I'm saying. I don't mm-hmm. like fantasy. That's why I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Is that so unfortunate a thing? So here's a question. Could you tell this story? How would you tell this story in a non-fantasy context? You can't. And that's why, I mean, I don't want to trash it. It's just, see that would it's be, never been my that would be my point saying like, this is okay. Um, like this is a good place to use it because it's hard to tell this story. I think maybe you could tell it in a sci-fi context. 
Um, you know, I mean, Vico could be an Android. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. something similar to that. Um, but it'd be hard but, to yeah, put that within be, a real contemporary. Mm-hmm. Or you could do it. I mean, you could do it maybe in ten, fifteen years from now. You could do it in, a, in, a, in a, <laughs> an immediate contemporary. Oh yeah, after the singularity, perhaps. I'm sure. Yes, there you go. Um, it's the transhumanist in you. Yes, Skip. yes. <laughs> uh, but no, I think that, and I think that's one of the things that points to this um, strongly, uh, or in its favor for being a fantasy piece, is it would be a hard story to tell without that kind of framework. Um, and, and I, did, and I will what? point out that this is unusual for Cam Hirasaki. Most of his stories are in a contemporary setting or in a near future setting. And let's be real. You have, this is an intelligent read. Mm-hmm. You have to have yeah. a certain understanding of just language and concepts to be yes. able to read this. And I feel like the same thing applies to driving cars is I don't know. The, there can't be that many people in this country who are smart enough to operate a vehicle like that. Why do you think mm-hmm. there are so many car accidents? Mm-hmm. And there can't be that many people in this country who are really that smart enough to really read something like this. And I feel like I'm one of them. Uh-huh. I like the homunculus and it's the Latin. Like, I totally don't follow it. And then like, oh, wait, what What are the political structures of 1650s? Did, 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 you, know the, did, did you know the uh, like, or, orrery? The the what? The, the orrery. <laughs> that, that's the other vocab the word what? here. Or- oh my God, vocab. Yes, yes. That was, um, it, that's, it's a great word, and I, I, but I had to mean? I had to go look it up. The too, verb now. Now that I'm very excited now. Uh, yes, it's it's a it's a noun. It's a noun. Could you define yes. that? First, it's please? a uh, it's a clockwork. It's a clockwork uh, model of the solar system or the universe. Really? Um, though this one, I think, in in his context, <laughs> so it's, it's clockwork, but it's also magic too. But you know, we've seen them. What is the um, kind of medieval? Uh, and actually, the first ones date back to I think maybe even BC. They found powered Greek ones really? um, that were clockwork and incredibly intricate, dating back to over two thousand years ago. Um, but basically, you know, there's a, there's the Earth. You heard it you, first in the, in the books. There have always in been in the terracentric models. Um, there's the Earth in the center, and then you'll you'll wind it up, and the Sun and the planets will rotate at the appropriate rates. Really. Around the Earth, you know, so like some will be faster than than others and slower than others. So it involves all kinds of gears, and they're they're kind of, they're incredibly fascinating and detailed and hard to build, um, especially into pre-industrial society machines. So there you go. There's Orrery. Orrery. Yeah. Thank you, Professor Skips. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate that lesson on vocab. Um, anyway, I really, no. I really like the story, even though it had this kind of troubling and sad end I, I think we could all kind of see it coming and i i am the kind of guy yeah. who likes a happy ending no i thought they were gonna fuck um, to be honest i thought did. they were gonna fuck yeah. the entire time i thought yeah i thought they were gonna fuck you kept waiting for hot. it yeah. i was waiting for it no i really was well it was, no, but this it's was a good funny ending too. because you said you didn't pot you couldn't body it but it was hot like in the, the descriptions i mean Something I just about like when people fuck. I think it's a nice thing. People fucking. That's just nice. Even I mean, though it was, it was weird because it was like you're sitting here like this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. But mm-hmm. the his his words evoking the the feelings of you know kissing mm-hmm. Vico were very visceral to me. You know, it really it really seemed very real to me. Even though and and that's I think what helped make it seem so wrong. That it uh, made it seem just so physical and real. Yeah. Is it physically real? And you're just sitting like, wait, this isn't right. You know, you're freaking out kind of. And so it was, it was very, uh, it was very well done. And I think the, the eroticism kind of helped reinforce the wrongness of it. It definitely does. 
Definitely handled so, very, no, I, very I enjoyed the story, too. and I like. I think the the part I really liked at the end too, um, which is kind of a almost. It's kind of an iconic, uh, great line. Before you go, Florian choked out. Could I? Could I kiss you just once? He locked his eyes with Rentel, silent there in the dark, and waited. A few mi- moments passed, but finally Rentel said, "No, Florian." I've got to go now. And I, I think that was just a beautifully done line um, and kind of just encapsulated in, so a, in a moment. It is. It's incredibly cold, but it encapsulated in a moment the transgression Florian had done. Mm-hmm. You know, the, complete the absolute wrongness of it. And, and this, and here are the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, very absolutely cold, as you said, absolutely concrete, and captures it in this line. So that that was my favorite. When you talk about a favorite line, okay, um, mm-hmm. one I liked because it reminded me of something I'd heard recently. So let me read this first. With that, the crowd's eyes and ears were no longer on Rentel, and instead, the focus was on the tapping of kegs, the distribution of drinks, and the resurgence of merrymaking. Florian couldn't hold back a smile. The people really did love their Lord Rentel. I like this uh, line because it kind of encapsulates the feeling of, I think, Florian's emotions toward Rentel, which is that he wants Rentel because it's what the people do. And it's what is desired, and it's just a a mechanical, cultural thing Mm -hmm. that he's constructing. Which reminds me of a story I heard recently where a lady had uh, damaged her brain so that she could no longer process fear. But she could still understand just through reasoning, like academic, intelligent reasoning, what you should be afraid of. And I feel that's what this wizard is essentially doing. Mm. He's going through academic, intellectual reasoning of what people should want. And if anything, it's corrupted by the fact that it's a physical, sensual, sensual desire. Mm-hmm. And I thought this more or less kind of encapsulated that, that, that concept. This is kind of a toxic interest for him. So yeah. that's good. I like that. I agree. No, that's a good. That's a good choice. So, I think that about wraps up this uh, first episode of the Bad Dog Book Club. Hey, you came over to our Thank side. You, Thank Jesus. you. Season one, episode one. Oh, jeez. See now, like now I've switched too, roles. Okay, <laughs> there we go. I like this. He likes that. Um, Peanut butter and chocolate. Next week we will have an upload for you of another story. This one is going to be a. Uh, non-erotic one that'll be up on the website to download and uh please send us what you think about it we love us what you show. think about it absolutely we don't want to be so lonely like this yeah. we, you need to get rid of the long we're getting sympathetic if you keep it up um no, but, but really, and please. next week you know tune in download the story and the following week we'll be discussing it so you know in the meantime listen to the story read the story you can do either one just go to baddogbooks.com and click on the bad dog book club link uh, you'll have, find the downloads for either the written version or the audio version there. Check it out and uh, give us your comments. And the following week, we'll be discussing it. So ha- have a good week. Yep. So uh, for Skips and me, Tunes, peace. Peace Ciao. out. Word. <laughs>